Welcome back to Science Fiction. Uh, my name is Salim Sidarwala, and as always, I'm joined by Carl Eames. Carl, how are you doing? Trying to figure out all the things that uh, that should be here. There we go. We're missing that. There we go. Background. Um, I'm good. We're, I'm running the show tonight. Uh, and, you know, apologize for anything that's not as smooth as it normally is, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, but how are you doing, Salim? Uh, doing well. Uh, just moved into my apartment. Uh, not settled in yet. Uh, sort of just been doing some unpacking and random things. Uh, I still have to get my sofa, so I'm like sitting on random chairs while I do anything in the living room. Um, but yeah, I gotta start slowly unpacking everything. I gotta hang up my clothes. My bathroom for the most part set up, but yeah, just uh, how, how long have packing. you been in the place? Uh, it's only been a few days now. So what today's Wednesday, right? So I moved in Sunday. Um, so not too long, not too long. Uh, hey, Pookie, King Pookie, Cliff, uh, Quantez. I hope I pronounce. I hope that pronounced that name correctly. I, I think I did, but. Uh, Apologize if I'm wrong on that, but thanks for joining us, guys. All right, so we're, uh, we're going to get started with the show. We've got uh, we're, we're going to talk about Thor: Love and Thunder as our, our right. main topic tonight. Uh, we we've both seen it, and uh, we have things to discuss, of course. But um, before we do anything like that, we we've got our fast flicks. So uh, let's get started with that. Right, so the first flash fast flick, which was kind of surprising to me, um, I thought at first it was just like one of those fan rumors, but I dug more into it, and I guess they said that Taron Egerton, like he's obviously most famous, people know him from Kingsman. Um, he played Eggsy in Kingsman franchise. 
uh, met with Marvel, actually met with them uh, about playing Wolverine, and he also met with like Kevin Fahey. Um, like, it's nothing confirmed. Uh, it's nothing confirmed, I guess, obviously. But I guess it says, like, you know, if, if and then furthermore, like, if the X Men do join the MCU, uh, like, Egerton is really eagerly wants to play that character. Um, and obviously, it'd be more so iconic and all. Uh, it was an interesting choice. I mean, obviously, he's. I've only seen him in like the Kingsman. I can't remember what else I've seen him in. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Like, obviously, we always say like we, we would need to see it play out and how he does in the role before you actually say like, oh, I don't don't like it or I like it. But like, just even with that said, like, just your initial reaction if he were to be uh, Logan, aka Wolverine. Uh well like like I said I you know wait till I see it but uh, I've never seen him act in anything I haven't watched any of the Kingsman uh, movies so I really can't judge and say whether or not he would be a good actor for the role uh visually though I'm okay with it I mean I can see like the good jawline he has there I don't know how tall he is maybe I should have looked that up but I he's like time. five nine he's okay. so he's a little shorter I think than. Uh, Jackman, I think Jackman is like Jackman is like six foot, yeah. Yeah, so, so he's probably... I mean, we're, we're getting there eventually. <laughs> maybe maybe well, 50 Danny, years from now, Danny we'll DeVito. find someone's 5'3. Danny DeVito, uh, that's yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know about Danny DeVito, but I, I, I remember the rumors from back in the day in the fan castings, but yeah, like I, I know I don't really know anything about him, but at least, at least visually, I'm okay with it, of course. Like Hugh Jackman, when he first started, um. You know, with the X-Men, he was just a tall, skinny guy. And then over time, uh, by the time uh, X3 and the Wolverine uh, Origins, X-Men Origins Wolverine movie came out, he got pretty ripped for those. Um, and then by the time the end of his uh, run as Wolverine with the um, Days of Future Past, Logan, those movies, he was super jacked. Um, so if he's committed i mean i just saw clips of uh of chris hemsworth and him working out for thor love and thunder and uh -huh. his his routine and stuff like that so uh he got pretty obviously you know we've seen the movie he's pretty ripped for that so anybody can really take six months and and pack on some muscles and stuff like that so i'm not terribly worried about his fitness level you know now because anyone can do it natalie portman did it and so on uh, but in general, um, I think he looks okay. Get his hair spiked up and uh, maybe a little bit of a tan and work on that Canadian accent. And uh, that's all that, that's all that really matters. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they juice these guys up too. So that helps them bulk up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's the bulking up is not, anything to be concerned about because like i said obviously they work out but they get a little extra help from uh a, a doctor's prescription prescribed uh legal s ask juicing if you will but um yeah i mean my my initial reaction was like he seemed kind of young to play wolverine i was surprised he's 31 because uh, he just looks younger he looks like he's like if you told me he was 25 i'd be like oh, okay yeah, he looks 25 
Um, and I was actually surprised. Jackman was 31 as well when he first played Wolverine. Like, I was thinking Jackman was, like, 40, and I looked at his age, and, oh, he's only 53. Like, I thought he was older. Like, not that mm-hmm. I think Jackman looks old. I just, for some reason, I thought Jackman was, like, 10 years older than he actually was. For some reason, I thought, I was like, oh, because, like, in, in a sense, like, oh, he looks pretty good for a 63-year-old guy. Like, he doesn't look 63. Um, uh, that's Hugh Jackman, that is. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay, Jackman was also old. 31. So they're they're the same age when they first would started playing Wolverine. Um, obviously, the big thing is we've talked about this in the past where Hugh Jackman has owned that role like over the like over like almost two decades now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a anyone that takes it up is gonna be put under the microscope, no matter who it is. Um, even he was like there's a quote from him saying like being kind of reluctant to take from Jackman, but he still would want to try. Like, he's like, I'd be excited, but I'd be apprehensive as well because you is so associated with the role that I wonder if it'd be very difficult for someone else to do it. Egerton said, but hopefully if it does come around, they'll give me a shot. Like he understands like the tall task that he would be up against if he got that role in Anyone really, like I said, gets yeah. that role. That's going to be a tall task for them to uh, take over Wolverine, um, because like, like of all the bad things in the uh, Fox X Men universe, like he was Wolverine. Generally, was one like of the only good parts about that. Like that for me, at least for the Fox universe. Obviously, Wolverine here and that the movies were whatever, but like. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was just really that, and I think most people obviously agree with that. Um, but yeah, yeah there were some like, rocky years in there with Wolverine, but yeah, in, in general, uh, no, no, I'm talking yeah. about the movies. Yeah, no, the movies, whatever. I'm just talking about Hugh Jackman. The himself. character, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Hugh Jackman as Wolverine himself. I'm not talking about the movies and some of the bad movies that they made and stuff. Yeah, that's different. I'm just talking about Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, I thought he always did a really good job for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens as they start um, announcing it more and more and who they'll cast in these. Because it seems like they're going to probably start ramp- ramping it up, I'd imagine, here soon to start casting some of these. Because, um, obviously, they're, they're, they're more, they're, more and more they're bringing up X-Men stuff or mutant stuff in phase four, like we're seeing. Um, and Ms. Marvel, um, I don't know if I want to give that spoiler away. Never mind. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with, with that. If, if that's the way they go, um, I'll be open to it. But the, the next fast flick as we move on, um, it was officially announced that this is something you and I also speculated uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning for Marvel series Echo. So they are going to be in there, uh, at least Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Is. Now, we also probably, I think we also kind of speculated that they would have the entire cast of Daredevil. Uh, that hasn't been announced yet. But, yeah, they've unfortunately joined the cast in the series for Disney+. Plus. It's unclear right now, though, what capacity that they'll be involved in the show 
or if the, if the, or if D'Onofrio and Cox will even share like uh, screen uh, screen time together much. Um, but we know in the comics, uh, Echo and Daredevil are closely like have a close relationship in there because they're both uh, hearing and seeing impaired. Like they both have a disability in that regard, so uh, they're kind of intertwined in the comics. So it makes sense that they put him in her show. Well, what are your thoughts on that, Carl? Um, yeah, like I said, I think we, I can't remember if we actually discussed officially about the uh, Daredevil season four on, on, on science fiction, but uh, that is right. something that is officially happening as well. Yeah, um, we did. Okay. Yeah, I, th I thought so. But uh, one thing I, I'm pretty sure we haven't discussed is uh, all of the all of these actors and stuff. I and mean, we've we talked about it lightly, but I've heard rumors already of uh, Jessica Jones possibly mm -hmm. appearing in both the She-Hulk series, which is coming out next month on Dis Disney Plus, as well as in um, either in Echo or Daredevil. I, I wasn't I can't remember off the top of my head which one, but she is a possible possibly showing up in both of those series uh and that she is supposed to be coming back and is still like uh up in the air about uh mike coulter's luke cage because he is doing another show right now and haven't heard anything about iron fist or punisher at the moment um and then chloe bennett is supposedly and because we have secret invasion is another show like after she hulk i believe secret secret invasion is the next show and chloe bennett is rumored to be a part of that show so we could be seeing um all of these characters return in some way shape or form very soon um like i said they're already filming echo right now so that's like a next year show where again she hulk's coming out next month and uh, Secret Evasion is probably later on this year. Right, right. Um, Q from Cincy had a quick question. What what channel does the Daredevil come on? You can actually watch the first three seasons on Disney Plus, Q. Um, they they have them on there now. I don't know if you have Disney Plus, but yeah, you can you can check that all three out. I, me and Carl highly recommend it because yes. that is an excellent show. So you should definitely check that out. Um, but just just a heads up, though, I believe MCU is changing. They're doing a uh, a soft reboot, I believe, of um, what they'll be like in MCU. But still, check out that show because it is very very good. Um, yeah. So, any final thoughts on this Echo as we move on? Move before we move on. No, that's it. That's good. Okay. Uh, so Captain America 4 uh, finally has a director as Julius Ona. Now, I had not previously heard of uh, Mr. Julius Ona, and I looked at his credits, and, looks, and the only movie I recognize, he's done the Cloverfield Paradox. Now, I haven't seen that movie, but I remember it just because I, I had watched the other couple of Cloverfield movies, uh, and he had done the Cloverfield Paradox. And the overall, he doesn't have a strong, like, I mean, not, not to say that's bad or anything, just he doesn't have like a big, like long list of things that he's directed that were like uh, big movies. I think this might be like his big break potentially um, in a sense, like being in that spotlight really, like in as far as like a big motion picture is concerned. Um, 
Yeah, so they, they finally announced that. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, we're, we're starting to hear – I think last time what we had heard about Captain America 4 would kind of annoyed me. Um, and they had said, like, they were going to have it where where Sam was still trying to earn being Captain America. And I was like, that's what Falcon and Winter Soldier was for. That was the end episode where he's, especially in the end episode, I should say, he's going through that and coming through that realization. So I was like, why are they continuing that? Like, I don't think they should. And maybe that they won't. But that was supposedly the rumor that the plot is kind of going to be like. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Captain America 4 and obviously uh, Julius Ono as uh, the director? Um, I don't, I, yeah, I've never seen Cloverfield Paradox, so I don't have any impressions of his um, art direction or style, direction style. Uh, but as far as the story goes, I mean, they can go any number of ways, but if it's like what you're saying, I, I feel like it's giving me the impression, not that he's trying to accept being Captain America again, because that happened in the show, but more of people in America accepting him as Captain America. That's like that's that's what I hear when I hear you say that, but not necessarily. But, that, but that's you know. what, but that's what Falcon and Winter Soldier was. It was both. It was kind of like he was apprehensive to take over because he knew the perception of a of a black Captain America, and obviously they had uh, showing where there was a black. Uh, a person that took the super serum soldier, uh, super soldier serum, and what happened to him like was completely unjust, uh, and so forth. And it was that same kind of battle. And then the final episode, he kind of supplanted himself. Yeah, I'm Captain America, um, and people they every, every, they started following his lead. So I feel like I mean I can see maybe it being a slight like some people being apprehensive, but like I that's hope what it's I mean. Not, I hope it's not like a whole like thing that's like the movie it's like the whole movie is kind of about that it would be kind of like no like no definitely kind of... not because that's why you do it on a tv series nobody wants to watch a two-hour movie about P captain america fighting uh or trying to be accepted by the american people that'll be like a small subplot of what's going on and possibly him also he has to be accepted by the rest of the avengers too because it's it's all just like at the end of Endgame, yeah, he gave him the the shield and all that, but we don't know how uh, the rest of the Avengers feel. We don't know how about how how Hawkeye feels about this, or how uh, you know whoever's left on the team at this point. Because who really knows it? Who other than Hawkeye, who's left on that team? Uh, but it's more of that being like a subplot, and there still would be a villain of some sort, whoever that might be. I have no idea. It could be Zola again. It could be. Um, I don't even know Captain America villains that that are left outside of Red Skull. I mean, Red Skull's been used, but like I, I don't know who's left um, that they can pull from. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I'm not really 100% sure on that. But that, that's I think it's more of like a subplot, not like a the main part because no one's gonna watch that. They want to see him punch robots and and bad guys and fly around and shoot things and stuff. And you can't do that if you're just trying to be accepted by the American people. Right. So, yeah, I guess we'll be interesting to see what the, happens with the movie um, with, as they as they start. Um, I don't think when when is production? Do you remember when production starts for that? This? No, I mean, they just got the 
the director, so I can't imagine. I don't know. I mean, not not an official, but like, did you know? Like, did they have an estimate on when they wanted to? No, not that I know of. I mean, they they don't have like a a a projected like like a set date, a slot for it. They don't have a slot for it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty much Uh, like a phase end of phase four or phase five because I I don't even know when the phase four phase is ending. To be honest with you. Right, right. Um, it will be, yeah, they, there's no, like, real, I mean, there's a rumor that, I guess, Kevin Feige and the rest of the executives at, um, at MCU Marvel are going to uh, plan out the next 10 years, supposedly. Um, I don't know how concrete that's going to be of the 10 years. I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be pretty con- concrete, but, uh, yeah, th- there's not there's not really a end, like, we knew... Um, like when Avengers, each Avenger was going to come out, movie was going to come out, and that was going to be the end of the phase one and phase two. Uh, this is kind of almost feels like they're free, um, freestyling it, phase four almost. Like there's no, like, we don't know what's going to be. Is it going to be Ant Man and uh, Ant Man uh, and um, Wasp Quantico? Um, or is it Quantumania? No, Quantumania. Quantumania. I keep saying Quantico. Quantico is a show uh, that, that, was, that was on for like three, four seasons. Quantumania. Maybe that's going to be the end of Phase Four, um, potentially, because uh, obviously uh, Kane, the Conqueror, is supposed to be like the big villain, um, and they already teased them. So maybe that could be the end of Phase Four. But we'll 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 find out eventually. I'm sure it's going to be announced if they are planning like the next ten years. I'm sure they'll probably sneak that, and maybe you'll find that out. Um, and Comic-Con, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but moving on, uh, so there is a sh- little uh, trailer that was released. This is, I don't think this is a comic book movie. I, I don't believe so. It's it's, it's on, it's going to be on Netflix. Uh, it's a, it's a Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx who are vampire slayers. Um, but we do have the trailer, which we're going to play really quick. It's gonna be a hot one in Los Angeles. So what's on the agenda today? My eyes are closed. Like every day. What are you doing in my room? Hunting vampires. Hunting is a business. Cut next and cash your checks. Well, things have changed since you got your ass kicked out for union. If I don't come up with 10K, my wife and my daughter are going to move the floor. Hi, Dad. You're late again. And the union is the only place that could give me that kind of money. Your record is chock full of incidents. But he's a new man. One last chance. This is your final warning. Let's get cracking. 
Everybody pisses themselves the first time. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. you? No, I no, no, I didn't. But but listen, you did. You know what I see when I see a van? Big old dollar sign. Hey, don't you puke in here? I swallowed it. Locked and loaded. Vampires. They're the monsters. And all they are is murdering. It's not Eclipse, New Moon, Breaking Dawn Part 1. It ain't like that, all right? Why do you know the names to all the specific Twilight films? What? And what's your gripe with Breaking Dawn Part 2? It's the exciting conclusion of the whole Twilight saga. Welcome to the day shift, motherfucker. Works every time. So that was day shift. Uh, that looks fun. Yeah, that, that, yeah. When it when it popped up, I completely ignored it because I was like, "Oh, a Jamie Fox movie," and I just kept scrolling. And then when I was looking for trailers and and stuff just to see what's happened in the last couple weeks, and it said like the sci-fi. Oh, sci-fi. We do. Sci- what is this about? And I didn't even realize it was about uh, vampires. But it looks fun. It was like just a cool action comedy about vampires and apparently during the day um so yeah i'm wondering what that's all about and it comes out next month so yeah maybe they're like yeah maybe they're like vampire zombies or something like they can just be around whenever (laughs) yeah some of those look like zombie-esque vampires they were just acting wild and just not really uh normal but the other ones were a little bit more uh and under control uh, but yeah, it looks fun. I think uh, it's definitely something we'll check out. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it too um, when we watch it. So, uh, moving on, this is now. This is what I was talking about with a little bit about Comic Con. Um, Marvel Studios is returning to the San Diego Comic Con in Hall H. So during the press conference for Thor: Love and Thunder, um, Marvel President uh, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that Marvel Studios would be present at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2022, marking Disney's own studio's first appearance in the event since 2019. I guess there was a rumor that they were not going to go be there again this year, but he obviously uh, squashed that rumor, and it is confirmed that they will be there. Uh, I want to go to these one of these days. I think I'm going to, like, I think one of these days I'm going to just make plan a trip and go to one of these things just as a vacation and check out like the grand comic-con the one that they show all the cool stuff and we miss it because we're not there um what are your thoughts it's on that to get, i would say it's tough to get uh actual badges for it so most people go to comic-con don't actually have badges they just hang out like you, you remember at uh c2e2 you get your right. badge you go through security and then there's an area like pe- right before security, people are just hanging out, and then you go through security, and then you actually go in. Imagine that with ten times more people, but a bunch of people not actually going through security. They just go inside and just hang out 
right before that because they don't have a badge and a lot of people just do that mm. is it like you have to be rich to get a badge or something like what's the deal it, just it is, really and, uh, you have to get into a uh at least if the process hasn't changed since the last time i attempted um you have to go and like a, a virtual waiting list like a waiting line and stuff like that um and what they do is anyone that has bought like once you register if you had bought a badge the year prior you get priority to buy another badge so if you've been going you get to keep going and they you know they don't have a finite number of badges so if you have to hope that people that went last year didn't go so there's a certain set amount about uh, badges available for new people to come and hopefully you got into the queue early enough to get a badge. Maybe so I can enter easy. my. Maybe I can enter and for two. Uh, how, do they have these once a year? Right, I forget. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can just enter right now for like 2023. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Not that works. <laughs> I don't know what the queue is. Maybe I'll, I'll do some research on it and see what the what the process is like exactly, uh, and figure that out. But I'm hoping like. I always hope what I always hope for is like there's leaks. Like we can like do a trailer, somebody like just posts. Like you said, I think you mentioned earlier that um Black Panther is potentially going to have the their trailer uh release there or a teaser trailer or whatever release there. So um maybe maybe we, we could get a leak of that. That would be interesting, I think. Yeah, so uh definitively what is being showed at uh, like they've publicly said what's going to be shown at uh, hall h and comic-con is going to be uh some sneak peeks or teaser trailers or just like some sort of footage uh with the x-men 97 animated series uh right. the which is you know, all these are disney plus stuff so the x-men animated series that's coming out either later this year or next year i'm not sure uh the marvel zombies as well as what if uh, season two so all of that is definitively going to have some sort of showing at uh hall h and comic-con now the rumor is that we're going to see uh, a trailer for black panther 2 uh again she hulk comes out next month so we might see some more footage there especially you got a lot of people that are a little little iffy on how the visuals look they might it'd be a good opportunity to show off hey we've improved she hulk and here's a new trailer for it. So that's going to be a good spot. Uh, but there's rumors of Black Panther true, uh, Black Panther 2 trailer going to show up there. And then there's a good chance also that they could show some footage for uh, future movies as well. So there could be Ant-Man footage there and um, some other stuff, maybe some of the holiday things. I think there's like a Groot special um, and then the Werewolf by Night. We maybe see some of that stuff as well. Um, one thing though, if we do see Black Panther, cause it's kind of related and Celine were, and I were chatting about this, uh, right before the stream is that there is concept art that has already been, I don't know if it's leaked or released or however it got out of Namor the Submariner. Um, so we, this isn't like the actual picture of him, but it's just concept. So he'll look something like this, uh, when he's in the Black Panther two movie. So again, Black Panther two comes out in november of this year and hopefully we'll see a trailer on that soon but uh the 
the what the deal is with uh, Namor in this movie is going to be a little bit different than his comic book uh, counterpart as far as origins and stuff. Uh, this one's very, I believe it's Aztec, maybe Mayan. I'm sorry if I, I'm not sure which one it is, but inspired by that, he's still going to be Atlantean. So it's, he's basically, uh, the Atlanteans are like blue-skinned people. Whereas anymore, he has like your average human skin because he is a mix of Atlantean and I'm just going to say Aztec. I could be wrong. Probably Mayan. Uh, let's just say Mayan uh, cultures because he's half human, half Atlantean. So he's going to have that. But he's inspired by his look is inspired by the Mayan culture or whichever one it is. And yeah, he's going to be hopefully, you know, kicking ass he does have wings on his feet there's like a, full, a better full image than what i have here but he does have small wings on his feet as well um uh what do you think of this look Celine? it's different obviously definitely from the comic um yeah i'm open to see it like i i didn't read a lot of like comics with prince namar in it and them. um he's actually one of the uh, oldest comic book characters in marvel so um, it'll be interesting. Um, his role, so uh, Quincy uh, from, from Q from Cincy, um, his role in the comics, he's essentially the Prince of Atlantis, and that's what he's going to be in Black Panther. Um, and in the comics, again, uh, Wakanda and Atlantis are always in conflict with each other, they're rivals. So, um, Essentially, I don't know if you remember in Endgame, there is a brief teaser of Atlantis um, when, when um, what's her name? Koya. Uh, when, when, Koya, yeah, Koya, the character, I couldn't remember think of her name. When Koya is, uh, is all four of the, like, I think it's uh, Groot, oh, not Groot, sorry, Rocket Raccoon, um, War Machine, uh, aka Rhodey, uh, Okoye, and then the fourth person, I forget who it is. Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. They're talking to Black Widow, and uh, Black Widow asks her about or, like their quakes underneath the water in, where, in around Wakanda or something like that, and they ask her what, are you gonna, what, what Okoye has to do about it. She's like, we're going to ignore it. That's what we're going to do about it. Um, essentially, that's a teaser right there that it's Atlantis. The, the the quakes are the noise that's happening now that it's Atlantis and they're just Wakanda is not gonna interfere with Atlantis or they're just because it's just kind of like that teaser set in place that um potentially Atlantis is gonna be in Black Panther too. That's when they first kind of teased it. So but yeah, that's essentially um what he is a character. So yeah, technically you're uh Quince, uh, Q from Quincy, yeah, he is technically uh, Aquaman uh, for Marvel in a sense. Um, in a sense. They're different storylines. They're not exactly the same. Yeah, but. technically Namor actually debuted as a character before Aquaman. Right. And they're changing, but because Aquaman hit the movies first, they are changing the backstory so it's not exactly like because uh, he is half human, half Atlantean. But they don't want it to be the same way it was in comics. That's why they're going because that whole uh, Aztecan 
influences something specific to the MCU. It's not a, that's not in the comics at all. So adding right. that it basically gives it a lot more flavor to it than what it would be and makes him a lot more distinctive from Aquaman. Uh, but they're going to add a whole lot more. But it, whether we don't know exactly what his role are, is going to be in the movie, uh, but we know his comic book version, he's basically a big asshole. He is very yeah. much an arrogant asshole. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's, he and, and T'Challa conflict a lot. Obviously, right. we know T'Challa is not going to be in this movie because, you know, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. We don't know exactly what they're going to do with that either. So hopefully Comic-Con is in a few weeks from now. It's like literally next weekend or the weekend after next. So we should have some answers on that very soon. Uh, but we uh, we don't know his role. We don't know if he, if he is the bad guy or if he's just a bad guy in the movie among something else. I think I also heard rumors of Dr. Doom, but uh, I don't I don't think he's going to happen. I think that's kind of stuffing the movie a little too much, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's and, about and, it. Right. He's, he is a anti-hero in, in the comics. So he's not like a good, like a regular, like hero. he's at times he's been, uh, sided with like the Avengers and there's times that he's opposed them. Um, he's, he's obviously in the comics. He's for Atlantis. He's not for the, again, for earth, uh, like land walkers or whatever people on the surface essentially. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting what happens there. But yeah, let, let's move on. Let's get into our main topic here. Uh, we we both watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, we're going to discuss that and give our thoughts on the movie. Um, there are going to be spoilers. I mean, some spoilers. I don't know. I mean, there's going to be a decent amount of spoilers, I should say, especially when we talk about the post-credit scenes. Uh, so if you haven't seen uh, the movie, I would recommend uh, that you stop listening at this po- point. But do come back and listen after you watch the movie to see what uh, what we talked about. But uh, first, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to play the Marvel uh, official Thor and uh, Love and Thunder official trailer, uh, just in case uh, to people who haven't seen the trailer yet and just kind of give you a feel uh, for the movie before we start talking about it. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, speak too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been, like three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, sensing feelings? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. 
He's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. So that was the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, so again, Carl and I did watch the movie. Um, Carl, I'll let you go first and give me your thoughts on what you thought after you saw this. So, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I absolutely enjoyed this movie. Uh, if I had to give it a quick, what did you really think? Or give it a rating? Uh, I give it maybe like a seven and a half or an eight out of ten. I do think that Thor Ragnarok is a better movie overall. Um, at least I'm in that camp. I, and I, I saw Cliff, I believe, was saying uh, earlier uh, how divisive uh, people are on this movie. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind of been that way for the last couple of movies uh, MCU has been putting out, uh, especially Doctor Strange uh, and um, you know, a few others. I mean, maybe, maybe No Way Home is the one everyone loved. But other than that, I think... People have been pretty divisive, in particular with this one. I do like it. I think it's a very good movie. It's very funny. It's very enjoyable. I love the colors, the music. Uh, I think the the uh, performance from Christian Bale was okay. Um, I've never seen American Psycho before, but I feel like I have now because of watching his gore performance. Um, cause I've, I've seen clips of American psycho and it's just like, okay, yeah, that's kind of the same character, uh, at least that I've seen in those clips. And, um, yeah, uh, overall Chris Hemsworth funny still, he's still got it. He's still, um, doing greatest Thor. Uh, like we're saying, he's pretty jacked in this one. I think this is probably the most fit he's ever looked, um, in any of the, uh, MCU movies he's ever been in. And, uh, one of the funniest again i do think that thor ragnarok is a little bit better um overall uh and again the movie's not without its faults either uh as far as natalie portman goes i'm a huge natalie portman fan so i do love her in this movie uh but in general like without bias i think she was okay um definitely not like her best performance but i kind of see why because i don't think she was given a whole lot of opportunity to perform uh to to begin with like i, th I think uh her role and her material would have been better suited in, in her acting ability as well if this movie was truly about her as opposed to it being a thor odinson movie with jane foster taking up like she's still kind of secondary in this if uh especially coming as someone that's actually read the comic books where this character debuted and was um spotlighted and was legitimately thor for a couple of years it did that character so much justice where she was thor and that was definitive and there was no 
you know, Odin's son was Odin's son. He wasn't Thor. She was the mighty Thor, and she was the only one. And and her character was great in those comic book runs, the Jason Aaron stuff. Uh, in this movie, she's still kind of a supporting actress. Like I don't know if there's any way to, to like if it makes sense to say that she's in between a, a supporting actress and a lead actress, but it's, it's that's kind of how I feel with it. Um, I think she could have just been better, but I don't blame that specifically on her. But she definitely had fun, and it looked like it was a very fun movie to make. Um, I really did enjoy it a lot, and overall performances uh, were really great. I love Tessa Thompson as well in there. Um, there was some some gripes like with uh, Sif. I think we'll probably come back to that a little bit later. It's not worth talking about now, but... Um, just the usage of characters and um, the usage of of some of the themes could have been improved, but I don't think it's any kind of movie just worth say uh, worth saying that it's bad or it's just not up to par. I think it's just at best or at worst it's like a mid kind of movie, and at best it's a great Thor movie. It's definitely the first, the number one or second best. Thor movie, and that's not not a high uh, hard bar to you know to volley over. But um, yeah, what what do you think about it, Salim? Yeah, I I thought it was okay. Like I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I I thought it was um, how do you say this? I thought it, it felt like kind of like the last one, but not as fresh or good. Like I felt like some of the jokes were not well timed. Just felt cringy at times. I was like, why? Why is there? Why is there a joke here? Like, it just didn't. It didn't feel right. Um, I feel like as each movie has gone on, like Thor's become more and more of a dude bro. Like he was extra dude broish in this movie, and I was just like, did they have to like make him act more dumb in a sense? Like just kind of like a guy that's um, a very much a, an airhead esque. That's what it felt like to me. Um, I don't know. Like, I thought it was fine. Like, I just, I was explaining different. And then even, even uh, Gore, like I was, he was, he, he had his moment where he was dark. But for the most part, I felt like there was times where it was just also kind of like, not, not funny, but kind of like, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, kind of like a, kind of like like not dark but like kind of like an like kind of goofy at times like, like the way he was acting was like felt like goofy more so like like he was he was being evil and kind of trying to scare but just came off as goofy at times um especially when he's uh when he's sitting in the in the in the in the like the big skull thing with the kids uh, we'll talk about the kids in a little bit um, but in that sense, like he kind of comes off like, like what's he doing? This is just, he's acting kind of goofy in this moment. It's like, is he supposed to try to scare the kids? And obviously that's in the movie he does, but I just felt like this is, he's acting like, like it just felt like, again, so, sorry, not, I don't have a thesaurus on me, but just felt goofy, uh, in that sense. So like, for me, like I said, it was fine. It was decent. Like it definitely wasn't one of my favorite, like MCU movies, um, better than like the first two, no doubt, as far as Thor is concerned. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I didn't feel it. Like I just didn't feel it. Maybe my expectations were a little bit more because of how good Ragnarok was. Uh, and maybe I, I kind of set myself up for failure because of that. Because like I said, it, it was similar to Ragnarok, but like a, like a watered down version of Ragnarok and almost like the feel of the movie, not like the storyline and everything like that, but like the feel and the way they did the comedic uh, moments and things like that just felt like a watered down version of that. So like I said, that was okay. Like for me personally, like I think the scenery was great. Like there's a lot of cool, like I thought um, like with the CGI and like, so especially when they go to the cities of, of the gods. I forgot what's it, what's the place called again? Or with, with Zeus and all them. Um, Olympus City. Uh, uh, yeah, because it's not Olympus. It's uh, they call it something else. Um, that was really cool. Obviously, the scene with when he's standing in, in front of that one god in the ice realm, um, the snow realm, or whatever. That's cool. There's a lot of great scenes in this movie. I thought uh, probably one of the better. MCU movies in that regards, like the scenery and the colors and the way they stuck out. I think that was probably one of the like best parts as far as all MCU movies concerned. But like the storyline overall, I thought was okay. And um, Natalie Portman, she was good. And I think I felt kind of same too. She wasn't like I was. I was expecting something more different than than what she ended up portraying like i thought she was going to be more she kind of was in that acting like kind of like a i don't want to say i don't know if the dude bro is right but she was kind of act she she wasn't acting like a like you know her like jane foster no um, she was she was acting like her like the whole thing with her uh trying to figure out like one-liners and stuff like that right that was is more of her being like a fresh hero and she had a youthful approach to it which uh, you know is like that's the idea like that's what she was going for that's what she was supposed to be going for and i think that's fine honestly i i think that was a fun part of the movie but the problem was for me is that it was like kind of a one time maybe two times in the movie as opposed to like i said if it was focused on jane where this was something that we had for a whole stretch of the movie where we could see her be this immature youthful energetic hero at the beginning and then as the movie goes on her you know things get more serious she starts to figure out herself and how how to be a hero better as well as deal with the cancer and deal with that and you know as that gets heavier she starts to get more serious sort of thing but there wasn't really a progression for that um for that specifically um but obviously i i think like that and that whole storyline with the cancer too although i think it was hand handled fine um it felt like it had more weight when i read the comic books version of it as opposed to watching it on on uh on screen and then right. it was more impactful uh or wasn't as impactful as it needed to be for it to right. make it good cinema and cliff cliff makes a good point he said my problem with this movie was it couldn't decide what type of movie to be director crammed several different movies into one um kind of yeah I, I would agree with that like the tones shifted and like i said the comedic it was just like I said, the, the jokes at, were not timed well at, at, 
at times. It just felt like I said cringy to me. Um, in certain certain times when they decided to put in a joke, um, yeah. So like I said, I thought like I said, I thought it was okay. Um, we'll, we'll we'll move on though. In here, as far as getting more into some of the uh, specific parts of the movie, um, first we want to just kind of bring up again Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grander. Um, Little, yeah, a those, little fun. those are the jokes right there. Like that was right. Yeah, that yeah, was that was unexpected. Completely goofy as hell. And it, it, a little, a uh, uh, little fun fact though. Like the scream that they have. I guess it's a meme of a Taylor Swift song. Uh, there was like a, a screaming goats in one of her songs. Like somebody like somebody added like screaming goats or whatever. Um, and I guess uh, the director. Uh, heard that and he's like oh let's use this because they didn't they didn't know what they wanted these goats to sound like or what they what they would be like and they kind of put those in there and they were kind of like these they were just they just seemed kind of like a nuisance more than anything in here um they're funny but they were kind of they're funny but they're just, just i don't know they just thought they were kind of goofy and a nuisance in a sense uh what were your thoughts on uh tooth grant nasher and tooth grinder I was expecting, like, uh, in the very least, like with the comic book versions of them, they are, they're, they're, they are not just, uh, like, in here, they're just brand new characters, brand new um, gifts given to him. But in comics, they've been with Thor for the longest time. Um, mm -hmm. So much so before Thor had Mjolnir, because he hasn't had that since he was born or anything like that, how. Thor traveled when he needed to get around because he can't just fly in the comic books. Uh, he actually uses he what he does is throw wind up Mjolnir and throws it, and then the force of Mjolnir takes him, and that's how he flies. But before he had Mjolnir, he had these goats, and these goats could you know fly around, and, and that's how he traveled before. So he's had them for like millennia, like thousands of years. They're his friends, like they're they're not new. So here, I was expecting a more serious approach to that like these are goats that I, uh that valkyrie had or these are my old goats thanks for taking care of them and i was expecting that uh but they came out of nowhere they were just gifted to him and they were super annoying and i thought that it made for a good you know a comedy scene initially like when you first meet them and then they're on um uh what's the thing called the uh whatever the guard guardians ship is called i can't remember uh, like in that, I thought it would be fine, but then after that, I thought it would die down a little bit. Uh, but it, it's still like every scene that they were in, they're just screaming like crazy. Um, so it was a little much, but I'm I'm fine with them uh, in general. But uh, yeah, I, I thought they were they looked good enough. Like, but I wasn't super crazy after the fourth and fifth and sixth time of them screaming constantly. Right, yeah, like I said, I'm saying, kind of became a nuisance in this size. It was like, all right, you guys need to chill out with this free ring. <laughs> like, we've, we've heard enough. It was funny the first few times, now it's just kind of annoying. Stop it. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving on, our next part we uh to talk about uh, Zeus and Omnipotent City, uh, played by Russell Crowe. Um, this now, his portrayal I liked, it was funny just mm -hmm. because, like. Like I, I used to read a lot of Greek mythology, and like Zeus is a is an absolute dick. Like mm -hmm. he's a he's a douchebag. 
Um, and I like that that they, that's how they portrayed him because like all the other stuff in media when they portray Zeus, they portray him as a sophisticated like you know like um, like respectable person like God, but he's but he's a dick. Like that's how he is in the in the in the mythology in the mythos and in, in Greek gods. He's just an absolute dick. And I like that that's how they portrayed him in here. Like Russell Crowe praised him as like an absolute douchebag. And I loved it. I, I thought that was hilarious and was, I thought it was on point. Um what, what were your thoughts on uh, Russell Crowe's portrayal in here? I loved I loved um that he gave tried to give him a Greek accent. Um, All right, I can't, right. I can't really like say it was so good or authentic, but at least he had tried. It wasn't just Russell Crowe talking, so I, I loved all of that. And then, um, like the jokes, it's like if you keep it up, or we're not gonna invite you to the orgy. Oh, you're not right. invited to the orgy. Like that, <laughs> like that was funny. I really um, enjoyed all of that scene. Uh, of course, the flick and um, the whole nude scene and everyone fainting and stuff like that. That was fun. Uh, Valkyrie and, and Mighty Thor eating grapes and chilling and sitting back. All of everything in Omnipotent City was pretty cool. Speaking of which, like you know, there's like a ton of gods because it's a it's where all of the gods were meeting. So it's not like it was just uh, Greek stuff. But they, uh, we mentioned before, there was Bast, the Panther goddess, was there, and she was like right underneath uh, mm -hmm. Valkyrie and uh, and Mighty Thor. Uh, there's the the god of Bow. Right, uh, for bow the food. Um, mm -hmm. there was all these other ones that which I can't, I can't name everything, but I think there was uh, the Korg, like his race of people, the god for them was there, right? Um, for, for what, what else? I can't, I can't remember everything else, but uh, it was just cool to see all of that. I was expecting more though. I think, uh, maybe we talked about this before that we were expecting that all of these gods were going to be gathered together and that Gore was going to go there and just kill everyone or kill so right. many. And right. I kind of feel like now that's just like a wasted opportunity, um, that he wasn't even trying to do that at all. Yeah, they just talked about um, Gore killing a bunch of gods. They didn't really show him doing that, other than the other than the opening scene uh, where he kills this that first god. And I forget, you know, I missed which god was that. Um, that was the god of his people, of Gore. Correct, people. but what was the name? Did they? Say I don't know name? the name. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't know if he was like a god, like a god that's been in the mythos of different like we've maybe read about before or i can't i um i'm not sure if it was like something they created or or it's from directly from the comic or if they created this was for mcu the name of the god um but yeah i was just curious um as far as what he what his name was because i missed it um i was kind of like i don't know what i was i was i think i had gotten like a bunch of messages on my phone and i kind of panicked like maybe something happened it was just like random alerts that I got, so it kind of annoyed me. But anyways, yeah, it was, uh, he they didn't really talk about, um, they didn't really talk, show him killing a lot of gods. They just talked about how he's going from place to place and just wiping out gods. Um, and then, obviously, they show another, technically, sorry, no, they do show another god that's dead because of him. Uh, when I talked about in the, uh, when he's in that frozen ice realm, um 
that god that's lying down, the big monster-looking thing, um, that's a god that he kills. But yeah, um, yeah, the city. It was interesting. That's that's what I thought too. Like yeah, we had like you, you said we talked about it, that he would go there and kill all the all these gods. Um, the fight scene in the end, in the end of that before they leave is kind of interesting. Like when he when they're fighting all those different. I don't know what they are. They guards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like when they're killing them, like it's like gold. Like their blood is gold, I guess. Um, like when they're all kill, all of them are like slicing them up and stuff, and it's like you just see a bunch of like gold being splattered everywhere. That was uh, that was an interesting touch. I thought. Um, but yeah, uh, so moving on to the next part kind of became a bit throughout the entire movie. Um, Stormbreaker being jealous of Monir, um, which was funny. Probably one of the funny sense uh, at times. And it kind of, uh, and it showed like, I guess this, this is like the first time that I think they've shown more of how each weapon technically is living in its own sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like you kind of, they kind of reference it in the first three movies, like as far as Molnir is concerned. But this one showed more of like almost showed like if they had a personality in a sense, right? Uh, I thought yeah, that's what I, they I, went I, more so towards. Yeah, I felt like um, I, mean, I really enjoyed Stormbreaker, like because it felt like Stormbreaker was like a whole character within the movie, right. um, like. Stormbreaker being all, all this jealous, like just popping up, especially like when they're in the that one building back in Asgard, and uh, after the attack, and uh, Thor is staring at Jane, and she's got Mjolnir, and he's like trying to call it back to him, and then Stormbreaker just comes up from behind. Did you ring? Are you looking for me? I'm right here, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on? You know, just yeah. looking for you." Like I loved all that. And uh, like you have to keep in mind, uh, maybe you know, just a refresher. The arm, the handle on Stormbreaker is the arm of Groot of of teenage right. Groot specifically. And if you just think about teenage Groot and how you know moody he is and and mm-hmm. all of that, it's still like that arm is still a tree that can grow. It's still if you if he were to because you even saw it earlier in the movie where he yeah, planted he did. Stormbreaker he... into the ground right. and it started growing roots. If he kept it in there, it would have grown into another group. It would have kept going. Uh, I also love that he pulled it out and he just jumped down like it was a witch's broom. That was fun. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's still like it is Groot. So it has that part of him as a like the personality of, of Stormbreaker is basically Groot and Mjolnir, which they haven't like specifically said, but in the very least, if we're going to talk about comic book references, uh, Mjolnir is a sentient. Uh, what, what it is, is that it's mm-hmm. a sentient cosmic storm that Odin fought a long, long time ago. And he is a sentient storm. It's alive. It can talk, uh, but he fought it and he defeated it and trapped it inside uh the hammer and it's inside of Mjolnir and so it can right. talk it has it didn't have a, like a huge history of doing it it's more of a recent a retcon basically but uh in more recent years it, it has this ability to communicate uh and it did with um Jane when she was Thor as well as with Odin or it means with Odin's son so it 
it is his uh gonna get to that chris you're spoiling things um the uh mjolnir is a whole character within the 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 marvel comic books so them going back and forth uh uh with stormbreaker and mjolnir was really fun to me and uh I don't know what we're going to see in the future with both of these hammers, but we'll get to that um, a little bit later. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about Gore. Um, how did you feel about just his character in this movie? Do you think he was utilized well? Um, his storyline, was it any good or was it average, bad? Um, the storyline is pretty close to like the origins uh, where his people pray to gods and he also prays to gods and they show up in like the way it's happy like the, the, the his world that that he's on is completely like a dystopia like dry or any water it's like a desert in a sense and then his daughter finally dies until still to that point he still believes in gods and he's still praying and, and thinks the the all this the suffering was worth it to the end because when he gets into that uh garden of eden or whatever they show that garden is um he thinks that this was it this is like what i suffered for um and i'm here now uh, but obviously he is proven to be uh, mistaken um and then he ends up killing his first god at that point but yeah like i said you know I ex like so he was dark at times, but again, there was times where I felt like it was more like it just felt cringe, like cringy and goofy when the way he was acting. Um, like when I referenced that one po portion where when he's in that little skull with the kids, like it almost made me chuckle a little bit the way he was acting as opposed to being like just absolutely like oh man, this is creepy um, or like scary, like creepy yes, but like not scary. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's so, what yeah, I meant like, with the whole like American Psycho aspect of it is like he felt like he was that character, but gore, as yeah. opposed so, to like, being something uh, unique. Yeah, I wish he was. I, to be honest, I felt like I wish he was more serious throughout the movie, just straight up dark, and I, I would have liked that better. I think personally, like if he was a straight dark and just not like a goofiest goofy sense like a awkwardness feel throughout the movie just constant dark and just this really like chill chilling character that would have been cooler to the way if he acted that way would, i think that would have been better in my opinion um but like i said it, 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 he had moments of being good that's obviously um he, I mean, he is a good actor uh and obviously that's the way he wanted to portray and that's what he went with. But I, I think for me personally, I think I would have liked it more if he was a little more serious and a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, like I said, like just dark and chilling as opposed to just the way that he ended up being. How about you? What are your thoughts on him? Um, I thought, yeah, like pretty much what you were saying. I think, I think I mentioned before, like I really wish he had more contrast because in the comics he has his light skin or white skin right. or whatever, but he has a more black uh, costume. So it just has that contrast. And I would have liked to see that um, here, but they did have, speaking of, of contrast, they do have the whole 
uh, you know, the black and white thing of the shadow realm going. So uh, that was interesting, too, because we didn't know exactly what was going on in the trailers until we watched the movie. But basically in this area, uh, it's just all shadows. It's just all color uh, is lost unless it was like lit specifically, like from Mjolnir and from the sparks of thunder and stuff like that. Um, so there's some contrast there. Uh, but overall, his character was just kind of okay. Um, I didn't expect, I mean, like when they say Christian Bale's going to be in MCU, I don't expect him to be around kind of like, um, uh, like Hella, just a one and done. So right, right. I, I, I totally wasn't expecting him to be a hero or to do anything uh, uh, like Loki and be around for, you know, a decade uh, or anything like that. So uh, I'm fine with it. It's over. It's done. Uh, they did change his story, but they kind of adapted like parts of it because uh, in the comics it was more. Uh, it's called it a god bomb. He actually went to the god of bombs to make a bomb right. that kills gods, so he can kill everyone at one shot. Uh, but the idea here, which is a, a fairly big change, is that he has to go to eternity, the center of eternity, and ask for a wish because anyone that makes it there can get whatever they want comics eternity doesn't work that way at all but i'm fine with them you know it doesn't really matter for the mcu to me uh but that's his wish what his wish was was to uh just make it easy to just kill all the gods with that one wish which is why he didn't need to go to omnipotent city to kill uh, all the gods there or try to take advantage of that moment because that, that's the whole point of that uh do real quick uh want to talk about what Fontes's uh, question uh, about uh, the Guardians. I think they were okay, but they were not very, um, you know, very much utilized in the movie. And it's it makes sense though. Um, they did have James Gunn. Like anything is like that has to do with the Guardians in the MCU. James Gunn is there. He he does write the dialogue for them. He does supervise all of that stuff because that is his baby. Like there's no one's gonna like write Guardians for for him or anything like that so that he was involved in this movie for the guardian specifically um that but they, they weren't utilized very much i think i said earlier that thor is supposed to be in the next guardians movie as well and it is weird but you have to also remember which i mean i, I can't make excuses for marvel or what's going to happen in the future but between the pandemic and James Gunn actually getting fired. If you remember that, that he actually got fired a couple of years ago and then got rehired. So all of these movies got delayed. We probably would have seen guardians volume three by now. And it would have been before this movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what it was originally. They would have been volume three and then love and thunder after that, because that it just makes more sense that after end game, he went to hang out with the Guardians, and then there would have been the next Guardians movie. Um, but between all of that drama and the pandemic and uh, the reshuffling of Marvel, this is how it's going to play out. Whether or not Thor is going to have a big part in, uh, in in Guardians three, we don't know, or, or if it's actually going to happen. But um, that is something you just kind of have to keep in mind. Also, uh, real quick. I don't know from what I've heard, but I don't know for sure that this is supposed to be the furthest in the timeline 
uh, I believe that this is supposed to be like 2026 that the Thor Love and Thunder is taking place. So it's way ahead of what's going on with Doctor Strange and what's going on with Spider-Man and the Hawkeye series and, and so on. So all of that stuff happened and this is pretty far in the future. So maybe Guardians 3 happens before that. But we'll we'll see. You know, uh, you know, it's not something that hasn't happened before with Black Widow. That happened like in between, uh, before Infinity War, but after Civil War. But it didn't come out until after Endgame. You see, you know. So we'll see how that works out. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, the Guardians. Yeah, like you said, they're barely in the movie, and I thought they would be in a little bit longer than they were. Um, uh, I. We're gonna we're gonna find out more about what they've been up to in uh, the Christmas special. They're gonna have up to that's gonna come out before Guardians three. Um, Quince, uh, Q from Quincy, so they look out for that. This I don't know if it's gonna be in December. I, I don't know if like because I'm gonna say Christmas. I don't know if it's like physically around Christmas mm-hmm. that it's coming out. But yeah, we're gonna find out what the Guardians are up to at that point. Um, how, what did you think about uh, Star Lord's Star Lord's new look? Like, like he's noticeably slimmer, uh, Chris Pratt. That is, and like the character, and like he has like a he's he's different in general too. Like he there's a more maturity about him. I guess maybe the things that he's went through with with uh, Gamora and Endgame maybe changed him. I, I I got that feel from it. Like he's not the same Peter Quill that he was before end game um i'd say i didn't give it much uh much thought um or even notice his look all that i mean i know i know he had like a new costume but um i didn't really give it much look or much thought about his character and yeah he's definitely there's still like that's pretty much what guardians 3 is going to be is them looking for gamora and dealing with adam warlock um but to yeah, again, like when that takes place, as well as how it's affected the character, I really don't know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like I said, I got that feel, like just the way he was, like from what he's been in the other two, I feel like he's a little bit different in this one, and that's probably it has to do with it, just with what happened with Gamora. Uh, next, moving on, uh, Astrid and Axel and the kids of Asgard, we briefly mentioned them earlier. Uh, and that's basically in the movie. Uh, Gore takes the kids of Asgard, Asgard, and to kind of lure Thor with, because he has a plan, obviously, to kind of lure Thor into a certain trap, if you will. And he knows that Thor will do it to save those kids. Uh, and and we find out, I guess, his. So I guess. Chris Hemsworth's two sons were in. Um, oh, through all three kids were in it. Well, there's a two. He has two sons, right? Or does he have one son? Tristan uh, uh, Hemsworth is one of the sons, and the other son too, I think. Pretty much everyone's kids were in this movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's kids, uh, Christian Bale's kids, Natalie Portman's kids, and Taika Waititi's kids were all in this movie. Uh, which we will get back to uh chris hemsworth's kids uh or this his daughter in a second but uh all of the kids were in the movie for all of these actors and chris or uh, christian bale's kids were a little bit older 
So I, mm-hmm. they're not here in this scene, as far as I understand. They, they're more in the Asgard scenes where they are like basically the you know uh, the tourist attraction area of Asgard. I think they were featured there. But Natalie okay. Portman's kids are here as well as uh, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi's kids. So it, this was very much like if you didn't get like the, the, the name of the, the movie, Love and Thunder, uh, the movie is about relationships. It's about love because uh, you do explore. Uh, um, darn, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Korg, there you go. Korg and his, uh, how his ra- ra- race mates and finds a mate. He ended up finding a mate himself. Uh, you're exploring the aspect of of Odin's son and 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 Natalie Portman's and Jane, you know, Jane Foster's relationship, even mm-hmm. a little bit of Valkyrie, just to you know, throw out there that she likes the ladies, uh, and so on. The relationship of Gore and you know how his family and you know the whole gods and stuff. This movie was about love and relationships, but also love is the name of uh, Gore's daughter, which we will again we'll come back to in a second. But that's the name of his daughter. So at the end of the movie, we get the the love and thunder is basically love and and Thor. Uh, but in this scene here is where Thor has to impart some of his power to the kids of Asgard because they are not warriors. They don't, they don't have a whole lot of fight training or any fight training. Uh, they didn't right. have any enchanted weapons. They just picked up whatever rocks and whatever axes and knives and stuff that was laying around uh, in, this, uh, in, this, in this little temple area. And he enchants all of their weapons and gives them the ability to, you know, and strengthens them so they can have the ability to fight back on these uh, shadow monsters. Uh, right. So that was a that was really, a fun scene. Go really ahead. quick about that scene, it, it, it kind of remind me of um, when Odin whispers and gives like. Uh, I remember in in the first movie when he's set, when he's whispering to Molnir and saying. Whoever is worthy shall be able to hold it and throws it to earth. It kind of reminded me of that when he was kind of doing the uh, enchantment and to give the kids the powers or the weapons the powers. It kind of reminded me of that in a sense. Like uh, when Odin did it, and he was kind of showing how he's the new Odin in a sense. And you remember there was also that uh, scene earlier in the movie where. He and they were exploring the breakup between Jane and, and Odin's son, uh, and he was saying, "Make sure you always protect her." And that 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 actually went into Mjolnir, and it became mm-hmm. an enchantment right. for Mjolnir. So he he didn't know that, of, of course, and that's kind of why Mjolnir, when he came back and, and, and reformed with Jane, it was more of like, "Okay, I'm protecting Jane now, and you've got Stormbreaker, so I don't need to come to you when you call me." I'm gonna go to her, like, uh, and you, you, you're good. You got Stormbreaker. I'm gonna be with with Jane, sort of thing. Right, right, and and obviously he can still pick up on it because he's worthy. Right, um, right. I like that but, how he he had that he had to check. He was just like, yeah, oh, just checking, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's uh, that that part um, isn't like obviously that they go through that um, last. Or the next, not last. So last, we have a few things before we get to last. Um, 
So the next part, again, like what Cliff mentioned earlier, but basically Love is played by India Rose Hemsworth, who is Chris Hemsworth's daughter in real life. Now, Love is actually not in the Marvel comics. Uh, Thor doesn't have any children in the mainline 616 universe, and he's had kids in other worlds, though, but Love isn't one of them. Um, and she's just basically, she's an all-new character in this um, in this. In the, in the MCU, if you will. And then Gore also doesn't have a child named Love. And they never show, they never mention her, her real name, like her name when she's with Gore. Like Love is obviously something Th Thor starts calling her. Um, and, and in the comics, Gore actually has a son named Agar, or Agar, Agar, um, and who, who, who ends up dying. And that's what pushes Gore over the brink. So like the, the um kind of comic in a sense is a kid dying but it's a son not a daughter and yeah so that's interesting and what I, what i find interesting too is like i wonder if if she's back again if it'll be actually her again if it'll be uh india rose hemsworth or if they'll be like oh, it'll be much again in the future and it'll be an older girl and they'll just recast her i wonder how, what they'll do with that but what, what were your thoughts on on her as a character and just your thoughts on moving forward, what they might do? Yeah, I think like, uh, and that's one good thing about knowing that if it isn't a 2026 film, it's taking place in the future, that when we catch up to this in the MCU, as long, you know, however long it takes for all these other movies and projects to come out, she'll be aged up a little bit more like in real life. That's so true. she'll be uh, taller. So. I think it, whether or not they use her will probably be between uh, Kevin Feige, Chris Hemsworth, and her. Like, if she wants to come back, I'm pretty sure they want the continuity. They want that, the consistency, and they'll have her come back. Her father is Thor, and so she'll have the opportunity to act with her father and, you know, be in a super successful franchise. Like, no one, like, how many kids in Hollywood get this opportunity? Not very many. So right. she can be, you know, if she really wants to come back and do it, I think she, they would absolutely allow her to come back and do it. It's just whether or not she wants to. If not, then they'll have to recast. And then there'll be a question of whether or not you want to age her up quickly. Do they want to age her up naturally? You know, do, do you throw her on the new Avengers, young Avengers? Uh, do you have her have her own solo series and you know, stuff like that? Um, but it doesn't have to be anything immediate because I, I, I'm not entirely sure how old she's supposed to be in the movie. But she's definitely like not a teenager yet or she's like preteens, like somewhere in there. Uh, so she's got time to um, go to school, high school, and they can have a series on that. They can age her up to be an adult and just throw her on the Avengers. They can retire Chris Hemsworth if they want to and replace him with her. Uh, we don't even know all of her abilities, but she is supposed to be like part God um, because she was resurrected by eternity. So between right. uh, like, I, I think they're implying that because she was resurrected by eternity, that some of his, you know, power is in him or in her, or perhaps it's because of Gore absorbing all of the powers in the Necro Sword. And maybe some of that rubbed off on her or something like that. But she does have powers of her own and she is strong enough to wield Stormbreaker. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, she is wielding Stormbreaker and 
Thor is back with Mjolnir, even though it's still kind of like uh, like it's messed up. It still can break up in pieces, which was uh, we haven't mentioned, which was a, a pretty interesting. I wasn't expecting thing that to do with Mjolnir that it can break up into small pieces and, and reform uh, on command with with uh, Jane and with uh, presumably Odinson can do it too. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if it ever actually gets fixed or if they keep it that way. Yeah, you know that thing. Like, are they gonna start referring to him as Thunder then? I'm, I'm like, he's not Thor; he's Thunder. No, he'll That's still like... be Thor. I think it's just the the branding for the movie. But like, maybe the pair of them is Love and Thunder. Like, if you count them as like a team, but right. his name isn't changing to Thunder. And what is Thunder though? This is Thunder. <laughs> that's right. that's, that's the name of uh, Zeus's bolt is called Thunder. So that's another right, right. thing um, for. And uh, that's now Valkyrie. that's with yeah now that's with Valkyrie. That's her. I guess that's going to be her weapon because um, she, she ends up keeping it. The bolt, uh, Zeus's bolt. That that is. Um, now we're getting to our final couple of ones. Um, the post credit scenes. Uh, the first post credit scene is back in omnipotence or omnipotent city or i don't forget if i'm saying that right but it's it's zeus talking so he's not dead he's just wounded really badly um and he's sitting there talking to somebody and then we see him and then we find out that when they look he's talking to hercules now hercules is a character in the marvel comics um and the scene, you know, you know what this scene kind of reminded me of? It gave me a, a like, it kind of felt familiar to kind of like in the end of post-credit scene of Guardians when she's talking that 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 one queen and she's like, ends up saying, and like, you'll take, you'll, you'll avenge us and I'll call you Warlock. It kind yeah, of yeah. reminded me, it had that same feel because he's talking to him like you're gonna avenge me and my son and as Hercules. Um, it's kind of felt like that same. It, I don't know if you got that same feeling. I, I, it felt like similar to me. Yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming at. Um, but uh, for me, like I I had like a, a strong fist pump as soon as he showed up on screen because uh, I was. I think I've said this before. Like I've always loved uh, Greek mythology in general. Like mm-hmm. MCU aside, just loving Greek mythology, Aphrodite and Hercules, and and uh, and everyone, Zeus and Poseidon and stuff like that. And then Marvel, on top of that, having its own version of Greek mythology. And I just spent hours upon hours and days and years and months and years just like. Uh, researching all of that stuff, uh, learning about the cosmic side of Marvel, but also learning about uh, the Greek mythology, the Norse mythology within Marvel. And Hercules has always been one of my favorite characters, despite the fact that I've never read a single comic book with him in it. I I, I don't understand why I love him so much, but I absolutely love Hercules. Uh, Just just uh, again, love Hercules as a Greek mythology character and love the mcu or the marvel version of it and now there's an mcu version of him um so i'm super happy to see that 
And uh, I'm hoping for a lot because, like you said earlier, um, Valkyrie has the Thunderbolt. Zeus is still alive. Uh, she has Thunder. Uh, presumably, the next Thor movie is is setting up Hercules versus Thor. Um, so he might end up traveling to Asgard, and maybe he gets the th uh, Thunder back. Maybe he seals it back from Valkyrie. That could be a whole thing that happens. Like this is be super weird for a Norse mythology uh, area asgard to be holding on to greek mythology weapon so right I, I so don't, yeah go ahead something cliff matches hard to see Hercules as a bad guy so he may not be a bad guy because in the comics he's not a bad guy um he's right. been on the avengers he's he's on the defenders heroes for hire um he's been on various different like he, he is a good guy he may just have a conflict with thor that's that's something completely separate so he may not be a villain per se just just that he wants to avenge his father for what Thor did to him. Um, so that could be just it. So he's probably, like I said, he's probably not an actual bad guy. And, and as portrayed, he won't be portrayed as the villain or bad guy. And maybe they'll do something where in the end they kind of see eye to eye. I don't know. Whatever. They yeah, I mean, do, they but... fought numerous times in, in the comics, whether it just be because they were beefing or because of they just like to fight. Like they, they in the comic books, they've known each other for millennia. Like they it's right. not like he's just actually now, yeah. yeah, in the Marvel in Marvel, he's actually first appears in nineteen sixty five. So he's like right. it's not like he came later. So he's been around probably almost Maybe not as long. That's about as long as Thor has been around. Maybe a long. I can't remember exactly when Thor appeared. I don't know if it was in the. It was the early sixties. Was it early sixties? I thought it was um, a lot long older than that because I I know. Because um... he doesn't predate Fantastic Four or anything like that. They were early sixties. Was he? But uh, yeah, the whole the whole plot lines of going forward, uh, we're probably sixty two. Yeah, nineteen sixty two yeah. is when he when he first appears. Yeah, we'll we'll see Hercules most likely in uh, Avengers related stuff because he was an Avenger, um, and and uh, we'll we'll see how they utilize him within the next Thor movie. How quickly? Um, did you get the name? I forget the name of the actress playing Hercules. Um, but he already looks pretty no, I, ripped. Um, I, right. Like he's he's like. Yeah, I don't know how much. It, yeah, I don't know if that was CGI or if that was just him. Like I, I, I couldn't tell because it was such a short scene. So who knows if they had him get really that bulked up just for just for like a five second scene, um, or if they. Well, they you know, it could be the beginning. Maybe and they, then eventually. They, yeah. No, no, no. And then eventually yeah. he'll start, you know, preparing to, um, to get that as far as who he is. But yeah, I mean, by the time we see him like full fledged, he'll have plenty of time to to work out. Brett Goldstein, Cliff says. Yeah, Brett um, Goldstein. Yep, there it is. Oh, okay. Cliff so yeah, he he's look he looks pretty ripped already. Um, so we'll we'll see. And uh, like again, uh, Hercules within Greek mythology, he's like the strongest person within like the world. Like he is the strongest. 
Um, he's got two people to fight right now. He's got Thor and you got the Hulk. And I really hope we can see Hercules and the Hulk. Because, of course, within Marvel canon, Hulk is the strongest. But Hercules is not that far down from Hulk. Like, he, he's not stronger than Hulk because Hulk is fueled by rage. But um, Hercules is just kind of default strong. Like, he is always that strong, whereas Hulk has es- has levels and he can escalate too. But uh, regardless, I still want to see somebody get, get and beat up and punched and thrown across half the planet and stuff like that. I want to see some Hercules uh, fights. I want to see the, the mace that he has, the shield, and, and just to see what they do with this. Because that's uh, another thing that it's kind of like a side plot now within Marvel because we already have like what's going on here with the gods getting revenge because it's not just getting revenge on um him trying to kill uh, zeus but it's more of it, it was the heroes taking the spotlight from the gods like they don't praise gods anymore they praise heroes so zeus was like upset about that as well so there might be a whole nother storyline going on with the gods versus the avengers and then you have the the war the war with the Kang, the Kang war plot line going on. And then you have the, uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit's the, uh, whatever the, the stuff with Dr. Strange and the timelines and, um, I, why can't I think it's secret wars aspect of it. Oh, oh, that could be a whole nother ongoing thing. And who knows what's going to happen with black Panther and, um, with captain Marvel. Uh, when that comes out right right so it'll be interesting uh where, where they go with that um the final second post credit scene we see so obviously uh Thor, jane does die in in this in the movie they show her um going back to becoming jane foster and she ends up dying because of the cancer it finally takes her um and and that she kind of vanishes into the way Odin did. And then this post-credit scene essentially, essentially gives you an idea of what, what happened to her. And in the post-credit scene, you find out that she goes to Valhalla um, and Hamadal greets her. Um, that was interesting because I thought Idris Elba was done with MCU. So I don't know if that is a hint. I don't know if that was just like a special appearance or if he's going to be back. In some form, with the MCU, like if they'll show him again in some capacity, um, obviously because he has his wife and kid on Asgard still. So I don't know if that's going to be something, and maybe, and maybe his kid will be in Young Avengers uh, somehow. Um, but yeah, that was interesting to me uh, that that Idris Elba was back. What, what were your thoughts on that scene? Like, do you think there's a larger part, or do you think that was just a fun end scene? Uh, what's funny is I was, I was looking up pictures for this, and I found an interview that Idris Elba did last summer, so 2021, where he said that he isn't necessarily done playing Heimdall, which could have just been a teaser for this this post credit scene for this uh, for this movie, and that's it. He is dead, so there is that. So for what it's worth he could be done and they just don't bring him back anymore 
um, he, and just say that's impossible for him to come back. But there's also leaving the door open because uh, we don't even know if Jane is going to come back. We don't know if she's definitively dead. As Cliff was saying earlier, uh, she's Valkyrie now, or we don't. She in the comics, she's a Valkyrie now. She did die in the comics. She became a Valkyrie in mm -hmm. the MCU. She's just in Valhalla. She's not a Valkyrie yet, but she could become a Valkyrie. She be, could restart the Valkyries. She could still very much if, like, if they bring Jane back, is because Natalie Portman wants to come back. And because MCU has something for the character. So even though these characters are dead, it doesn't mean that they are perma-dead and that they can't come back. I mean, we just saw Love. She got resurrected by Eternity. Uh, there's ways for characters to be used or resurrected and come back to life. Um, so Heimdall could absolutely come back and and if, if they have a good role for him. Because I don't think he's just going to come back and be the same character that he was and used like in the first two movies uh because he was pretty much did nothing uh, and that's when thor ragnarok they got him out moving and fighting and stuff like that and then uh, him dying off later on and it was it infinity war uh but the same thing with natalie portman she didn't want to come back to be the same old jane foster that she was before because that's a terrible supporting role it's just your typical girlfriend sort of thing so she came back because taika Titi convinced her that hey we're going to do things differently and we're going to use your character differently and she accepted the challenge of bulking up and becoming the superheroes she was that was that was the reason why she came back so if she comes back for more she'll probably want something even more significant than just a uh uh, a flashback or some sort of uh, like a hologram thing. Oh, you're speaking to me from beyond the grave sort of thing. Like I think she, it, it would want to be, she would want to have a full fledged role uh, and they would have to be a good one. Uh, so we could see these characters come back. Uh, what's fun in Cliff mentioning Loki. Uh, yeah. I was wondering, I was, do you think there's a variant of Loki in Valhalla? I, I was well, that. it wouldn't be a variant. It would be the, Prime well, Loki. I guess the yeah, Prime Loki, I guess, yeah. Um, I, I was wondering if he's in Valhalla, but he should be. The other thing, but the other thing I was actually wondering though is, since and 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 maybe they'll show that since Loki, when they obviously they show him taking the Tesseract and he blips out and goes somewhere else. So does that technically mean? That everything else that happened with Loki never happens now. That Loki so, was the variant, though. That no, but that, main, like, that was the variant. That was in the other no, time. But he, not, no, but that's the they they just go back in the past. That's a regular Loki still. No, that that's, Loki is the Loki in the Loki series. That's the variant cor Loki. Correct, but that Loki when he gets in in uh endgame. And Endgame, when they're when yeah. they're going back in time, and they go back in time after uh, the first Avengers, and they're arresting Loki and taking away. That's regular Loki, and that's that not, Loki, he died in Infinity War. That's that is the main. That's MCU no, movie. but no, it they is. go back in the past. That's regular yeah. Loki because that's that created past a Loki. branch timeline. Right, doing that in and of itself. And then when he took the Tesseract, that created another branch timeline. 
but that is the the Loki in the Loki series is not the main Loki. That is the variant Loki. That's why he has a variant on his on his uh his clothing and stuff. The yeah, variant the Loki that came from Endgame is the one that picked up the Tesseract and then once he went and transformed or transported, he went to that planet and then the T uh T uh TVA found him and said you're a variant of the Loki. So that is not the main Loki. The main Loki died in in uh, Infinity War. Okay, I don't know. I just I'll have to go back and look at that. I I don't know if I agree with that entirely. But anyways, I just thought that was interesting. But it'll be interesting if he is in uh Val if he is in Bala. Um, that's something that's to keep on. And maybe Odin is in Valhalla. Obviously, he is. He should be. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll. Go and do a, sh- a show or a movie about Valhalla, and that's why they brought these guys back. Um, any other final thoughts you have on Thor? I do. Ha- I do want to ask you something. There's like two bits that I wanted to bring up earlier, but I, I just kind of we went past it, um, and it kind of a problem I had. So Stormbreaker is the same as Molnir. You have to be worthy to hold. Stormbreaker, you can't just pick up anyone, can't just pick up Stormbreaker. Um, that's not the case because Mjolnir is that just for MCU? Is that just for MCU? Because Mm. in the comics, you 100% have to be worthy to pick up uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker is the hammer that's for um, what's his name, the horse guy, uh, by uh, uh. Yeah, but he they make it for him. He's because he's worthy to pick up Molinar, so then he's worthy also to pick up Stormbreaker. He Thor Old never enchanted uh Stormbreaker. It is only Mjolnir that is enchanted. And then in the MCU. Maybe maybe the, the MCU thing. that's okay. Maybe that's no, but in the in the comics too, mm-hmm. you have to be worthy to pick up uh Stormbreaker because not everyone can pick up Stormbreaker in the in the comics. No, that's real, but that's why I was saying before. That love is got this godly power, so she's not going to be instantly destroyed. But but it's not has anything doesn't have anything to do with worthiness. It's just having the power to pick it up. Uh, like so, your brain isn't melted. Like if it was, like um, say, um, what's that kid's name? We're just any Joe Schmo from off the ground, uh, off uh, off of the marble, whatever. Couldn't pick up Stormbreaker, but it has nothing to do with the enchantment because Odin never enchanted Stormbreaker. In the MCU or in the comics, remember uh, Odin was already dead by the time uh, Stormbreaker was made in the MCU. So there was never any enchantment from Odin on Stormbreaker, and it's just more of are you worth not worthy in the sense of can you pick it up, but can you pick use the power because you have to have enough power for that. And the comics, uh, God, what's his name? I can't even think of his uh, his, his name. Uh, uh, darn, I can't think of his name, but basically he looks like a horse, whatever. He was worthy of picking a Mjolnir because he was he was like the last of his race, but in, Mjolnir was enchanted. And once Thor and him fought Odin and said, like, okay, you're worthy of Mjolnir, but you can't have my son's hammer, so I created Stormbreaker for you, but Stormbreaker was never enchanted. Again, but in, like I said, maybe the MCU, that's fine. But in the comics, you have to be worthy to pick up Stormbreaker. That's what I'm saying. That's why it confused me. So maybe MCU 
is doing it differently and that's fair and that's that's perfectly understandable that's why i was confused why what's his face um gore was able to pick up stormbreaker and i was like wait that why is he able to pick him stormbreaker he's not worthy beta ray um, bill i'm sorry i couldn't beta ray bill that's name. right that's right like, it's been With so beta, beta ray <laughs> bill but yeah so they're obviously they're, they're going a little different from the comics which is fine they do that um the other thing i wanted to question is like when did, did they mention before where uh stormbreaker has the ring uh access to the um the rainbow bridge where he they can tell uh, like teleport anywhere or transport anywhere they did that in, in that. infinity war remember he came they? he they were in vanaheim or wherever the other realm and he transferred straight oh, from right, there to right, Earth. right. Right, right. So he's right. been so using the, the Rainbow Bridge the whole time. Right, right. I just got confused on how because I thought you have to physically have somebody like that's why Hamdal would do that. He would catch him with with, uh, with the whatever, and so it kind of confused me that too. Okay, never mind. That's all I thoughts I had. Um, yeah, Gore definitely would not be worthy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was confused because, like I said. They're they're going a different route, but that's fine, and that 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 explains it. Then that that you don't in the MCU you don't have to be worthy to pick up Stormbreaker, um, but that works. Uh, but yeah, any any other final thoughts that you might have? Um, let me see. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about it. I don't know if it'll be next week or not, but Miss Marvel uh, season finale was today, uh, episode six. So there is definitely a, a couple things to talk about with that. So whether it be next week or the week after, it will happen. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I did watch it today, um, so I'm not sure. Have you seen it, Salim? Ms. Marl, yeah, I finished the series. Okay, so yeah, we'll definitely I'll... talk about it yeah. at some point. Um, and then we have some other things that we're working on uh, for the next couple of shows. Uh, as far as, uh, again, I think the only other thing that I care about right now is Harley Quinn coming out later on uh, this month on HBO Max. And then Resident Evil comes out tomorrow on Netflix. So I will be watching that. Uh, I don't know if it's all of the episodes of Resident Evil or if it's a week to week thing, but I'll probably wait a little while before we uh, talk about that here. Right. Netflix usually does the binging thing, so they don't really do the week to week. So it'll probably be all the episodes um, that you can just straight up watch when they release it. Um, so yeah, that that that's a good reminder that that's, that's definitely something for me to uh, pop in and pop on and watch uh, because I'm pretty much out of things to watch because the boys ended, um, Ms. Marvel is over. I don't anything any else. I was been watching crappy netflix movies for the most part just really crappy movies that are not good but this is they're almost like comedy bad like co comically bad i should say um but yeah that's a wrap for today's episode again if you have missed any previous episodes of ours please check us out on the barroom network you can watch on youtube or just listen to the audio uh just search through barroom network for science fiction and obviously check out all the other great shows that the Barroom Network has to offer covering all of Chicago sports and other various topics as well. Uh, for me and for Carl Ames, we're all set for tonight. You guys have a good time.
All right, guys. Take it easy.